Hello, and welcome back to the Patrick's Green Tea Podcast. For this episode, I was contacted by um, a man named Asmund Rinnegan from Norway um, via my Instagram page, which is at Patrick's Green Tea Podcast, for those of you who are curious. And he is a CBD oil email copywriter. He writes emails for businesses and helps them sell more of their products, um, businesses in the CBD oil sort of industry. And I thought that was perfect for the podcast. And uh, I loved having him on. Um, we ended up talking about, you know, everything ranging from the effects and benefits of the substance to the hoops people have to go through to get it outside of the U.S. Because, like, he's from Norway. And I didn't know this, but CBD and any THC product at all that has THC in it um, is illegal in Norway and Sweden, I think, and Denmark and all those countries. Um that people have to go to the Netherlands or other countries to get it, who need it, and uh, to bring it back, they have, to, they have to get a special permit and everything, yada yada. But we talk about this in the episode; it's really interesting. Um, his website is a a r y n i n g e n dot com slash free. Um, I believe it's the first two letters of his name plus his last name, a a Rinnegan, um, and I love his last name; it's so fun to say. Um, that's about it. I think the pot, the episode speaks first for itself. The conversation was really, really insightful. I learned a lot about CBD. Um, I didn't even know how little I knew about it. It's something that's really profound in the fact that it doesn't have any side effects that um, are really known about or that haven't come up, um, especially compared to pharmaceuticals that have known side effects that are really bad for you that try to do the same thing that CBD does, which is alleviate pain mainly. Um, but it has a lot of mental health benefits too. And yeah, so I hope you enjoy the conversation. So uh, I'm here with Osmund. Uh, I can't pronounce your last name. Reinigen? <laughs> Reinigen. It's, it's a Norwegian. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, I thought it sounded very Nordic. That's pretty cool. It's Yeah, it's a, it's a very traditional name as well. I didn't expect you to, to be able to pronounce it at all. So I, th- I think you, you did a very good job right there. All right, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so you said that you wrote emails for uh, CBD companies and CBD oil companies. Uh, yes. I was curious, how did you get first introduced to CBD? So um, this is a little bit weird because, like I said, I'm, I'm in Norway and uh, CBD oil isn't allowed in Norway. It's uh, it's prohibited. Uh, you you can't sell it anything that contains THC at all. So um, it's uh, literally banned. And there are loads and loads of different people with different diseases and um, joint inflammations, fibromyalgia, neuropathy, and so on. And there's actually quite a substantial amount of people who have some sort of a special license from the government to use CBD oil. But the thing is, they can't get it in Norway. They had to go abroad. So that kind of like caught my attention. Why in the world are, are these people allowed to, you know, be on drugs? Because <laughs> I thought that CBD oil wasn't sort of a drug. Or it, it is a drug, but I thought it was like the same thing as weed back when I first was introduced to CBD. Yeah, but clearly it's 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 not. And for someone who no. would, someone who wouldn't really know about that, it's sort of like tricky to understand that sort of nuance. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it has definitely a bad rep in a lot of countries. 
Oh yeah, it, it for sure has, and it still has a very bad rep in Norway as well because a lot of these people, this um, let's call it the cannabis community, the Norwegian cannabis community, they always they lobby to the politicians and they they, they try to legalize cannabis, but they can't do it because the politicians insist that no, anything that contains THC levels above above zero point zero percent is dangerous. Even though, you know, clearly that's not the case. CBDL has helped, you know, change the life of so many people, especially in the United States and in, in a lot of other countries as well. Right, yeah. My, uh, my grandparents who are sort of like traditionally against uh, cannabis in general, they don't use it at all. Um, they love the benefits of CBD. Um, yeah. and it, it's, it's great to see that sort of like, um, in the in the United States, it's definitely like sort of advertised and you know you see it a lot in, in sort of uh, tobacco shops and everything. It's just sort of in your face everywhere. So it's kind of easier yeah. to get into it. But yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think that's a great thing. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the I don't understand the stigma that CBD oil has earned because or, or cannabis as a whole, because, you know, it, it has been used for so many years. It's been in use actually for several thousands of years. It's not until the, I think it was in the early 20th century, no, 21st century, excuse me. No, 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 <laughs> the early 20th century that someone found out that cannabis was a thing that, hey, this thing looks like uh, something that we should ban. And so they did. And so they prevented millions of people from curing their diseases and illnesses. And, uh, from there on, I guess it just snowballed, and now things have fortunately taken a tar- turn for the better. Right, and now it's like you get CBD in sodas and CBD like candies and things that are yeah easily accessible. Like the, the one time I, I had CBD was in a soda, um, and it's like it's amazing that that is sort of it's so easily marketable and so easily like infused and other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you said, you have gummies, you have chocolate cakes, you have cookies, you have sodas, you have vaping, obviously, and CBD oil. I mean, it's it's just accessible in so many forms these days. So, you know, the whole thing that, oh, I don't want to take an oil, that's literally not an excuse because it's, you can just drink a soda or take a, you know, eat a gummy beer, whatever. Right. Um, also, like, I, I didn't realize that you were in Norway until very recently. I heard oh, okay. the uh, the coronavirus sort of response in there has been a lot different than the rest of the world. Yeah, I, I, maybe you're referring to Sweden because Norway has kind of like followed the uh, along with the the EU regulations of closing everything down. But in Sweden, they've they've gone in a different uh, route. They've actually maintained the society open as a whole. Yeah. Or that is, in, in Norway and in Denmark, yeah, in fact, as well, there is no lockdown. There is no, you know, you can move freely. People won't, you know, the police won't arrest you. You, you don't have to wear a mask. You can go out, you can go to, to the grocery store. And there are even cafes and restaurants that are still open. But they only allow so and so many people inside. And, uh, you know, you have to maintain the social distancing two meters or six foot from each other. But there are no, you know, no pubs, no bars, no nightclubs. None of that stuff is, is open. No, you know, no movie theaters, no concerts, no festival, no nothing. You know, no big arrangements. So 
<laughs> it's pretty dual locked here, to say the least. Yeah, I, I I couldn't remember if it was Sweden or Norway, so I guess it is Sweden. <laughs> it's uh, but it's it's strange. Same, same like, countries. <laughs> exactly. Cause I I always assume that like uh, N- Norway and or the Scandinavia, I mean, always sort of stuck to the same policies as each other. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and you're right about that. Traditionally, we have so this is this is a very new thing. I, I don't know whether why they're doing this, because like traditionally speaking, Denmark has always kind of like led the way. It's always Denmark that initiates some sort of a new thing, and then Norway and Sweden follow suit, along with Finland also and and Iceland. But in this case, I, I don't really know what the Swedes are up to this time, man. I yeah. mean, they're doing something way weird over there, but. I don't know. I mean, they were always. I don't know if you know this, but Norwegians make jokes about Swedes, so, sort of the same way you guys over there make jokes about Canadians and so on. So, <laughs> I already know. That's funny. Yeah. So, uh, also, I wanted to ask back to CBD. Do you, yeah. do, do you use CBD yourself? I've tried it a couple of times, but you know, unfortunately, I can't get it very easily. I have to, I have to go abroad. I have to go abroad to the Netherlands or to the United States, and I can't, you know, if I wanted to bring it home to Norway, which I haven't done, by the way, <laughs> then then I'm smuggling because it's illegal to bring into Norway. So um, yeah, yeah, I've tried it, and um, I've, I've, you know, I've appreciated a lot of the benefits. In fact, once. I think it was a couple of years ago, I had this office job where I was sitting a lot. I was um, having a very sedentary lifestyle back then, didn't exercise much. And um, I got this this neck pain. I don't know. Can, can you see my camera, by the way? Can you see yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. So I got this shooting pain down in my neck on both sides that that projected down to my back. And, you know, it was really awful. And I, I was confined to an office. I had to work an office job and I was sitting in front of the computer all day long. And so that that was just a horrible time for me. And if I'd had access to CBD all back then, I would have definitely taken it because I believe it would have cured me just right away or just at least helped me relieve or ease the pain. But unfortunately, I couldn't get, get it back then. So I had to I had to quit the job and I had to do something else. So, yeah. No, it has helped me immensely. That's what it has. Is there any sort of um, momentum in the way of legalizing this stuff in Norway? Yeah, there is. Uh, I mean, there is, like I said, a small movement. I think the total patient number or or the total number of patients in Norway that use CBD oil I think it's less than 2,000 people. I mean, it's a really small, uh, it's a really small amount, and they're constantly in touch with the politicians. They're constantly lobbying. They have their own Facebook communities, their own online communities. I also think that they have like these public gatherings. So there's definitely something going on. But the thing is, it's just such a small community, and people really don't know yet what CBD all is. Because if you just mention CBDO, people are going to go, uh, what's CBDO? It's cannabis. Oh, cannabis. Yeah. You, you, you mean weed? <laughs> then you have the whole thing going on. So, so yeah, there is a movement, but it's, it's so small. And it's, you know, I'm afraid that they won't get anything done for the 
foreseeable future, sadly. But that, that's that's sort of a side mission I'm doing as well. I'm hoping to be a voice so that uh, I at least can spread the message because I also believe that CBDO can cure the life and, he and help people improve their lives in so many areas, especially uh, when it comes to joint inflammation problems and so on, fibromyalgia, neuropathy, and so on. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like even beyond the sort of like casual like intake of CBD that people are really uh, excited about and just like for relieving stress and things like that. It really has been shown to do much more than that. Um, yeah, it's sort of underestimated. And uh, what what other um, things can you speak to that it sort of does that no one really like sort of it isn't really talked about yeah i mean so so first of all i like to point out a couple of things i mean this probably doesn't apply to the industry as a whole but i see a lot of different marketing techniques when it comes to cbdo that i i don't care so much about because a lot of these vendors a lot of these manufacturers of cbd oil I, I i honestly believe they have good intentions and i honestly believe that they that they mean well but they market their cbd oils from the totally wrong perspective because they're talking about how it's or organically grown or how the strains are the finest strains in i don't know napa valley or lake tahoe or wherever and that they're hand-picked and you know all of that stuff and that that might be good indeed but if you have a joint problem let's say that you you have an inflammation in your shoulder do you really care if the hemp ball that you're consuming is organically grown or not or do you care if it can actually help you relieve you of your pain right so so that that's kind of like where i come in that that's that's sort of where i'm trying to make to make a difference by pointing out the actual pain uh, and how CBDO can help people because I, I, I see a lot of these manufacturers and a lot of these brands, they talk first and foremost about the CBDO. And that means that, that a lot of people sort of, you know, they see CBDO like this kind of a cool and trendy thing. But in reality is that it may alleviate you of your pain, especially the pain that's that's uh, associated with fibromyalgia. That's sort of the main fibromyalgia and neuropathy. That's that. Those are sort of the main areas of focus or expertise, if you want to call it that. That I'm that I'm focusing on. Okay. And um, what exactly is fibromyalgia? Because that's a term I'm not really familiar with. Yeah. 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 So uh, fibromyalgia, by the way, I should say this, that uh, I'm not a doctor, and this is certainly not medical advice. So um, if you are in doubt, you should definitely consult with a physician or a doctor, just so no, no lawyers who are watching this are keen to sue me for <laughs> spreading right. wrongful information. Um, having said that, though, fibromyalgia is a, is a condition where you just have con constant pain and, and it's just this shooting sort of electrifying shock that goes around in your whole body and especially your joints, your joint areas are very prone to, um, to, to, to being painful. Like for example, your shoulders, your neck, 
your your um, your hands, your arms, your wrists, your knees, and so on. And so so it is this constant feeling of pain. It also causes dizziness. It also causes forgetfulness. And some people may, especially amongst elder people, a lot of people may think that they suffer from dementia or Alzheimer's, when in reality is they have this brain fog or fibro fog, as it's called. And also people who are, you know, people who are overweight are unfortunately more prone to um, to getting fibromyalgia. Now, I'm not saying that because you're because you're fat, you're getting fibromyalgia. It's not it's not that easy. It's way more complex than that. I'm just saying that a lot of people who who have fibromyalgia tend to be overweight. And for some reason that we don't know exactly why yet, but the majority of people who have fibromyalgia are women oh, more wow. often than men. Yeah. And fibromyalgia can also cause insomnia and uh, sleep apnea. And um, I said dizziness, didn't I? Yeah, dizziness. So it's it's this <laughs> very uncomfortable, awful, horrible condition that I believe is largely underrated in terms of it's not being talked about enough. It's not being focused on enough. And um, people really don't know why why some people uh, get it. The medical community still does, don't know exactly how, no, excuse me, why some people get fibromyalgia and some don't. So uh, that's, that's, you know, another reason why I believe that CBD oil is so important to, uh, to bring out to, to the people to spread the message and to just show them that so many people benefit from CBD oil, especially those with fibromyalgia. Right. You mentioned, um, insomnia that fibromyalgia can cause insomnia um yeah. and it's, it's sort of this idea among people who smoke cannabis like the the plant with thc that they help them with insomnia does cbd help with insomnia too yeah it does um of course i mean your millage may may vary maybe it helps me more than it helps you i mean we're, we're different people and this is also something that i that i need to be honest about I see a lot of shady marketing when it comes to CBD oil, and I see a lot of shady marketers that claim that, you, you know, now with the whole coronavirus thing, oh, CBD oil can cure you for COVID-19, or CBD oil can cure you for coronavirus. No, it can't. Right. Um, let's be real. It may, it may it, you know, it may relieve some of the pains that you get from COVID-19. I already know. I mean, I haven't had the COVID-19 disease yet, I think, so, <laughs> so I don't really know. But, but I do know that CBDL can relieve you and will relieve you in a lot of cases for pain associated with, for example, that which you get from COVID-19. And, um, well, back to your question about uh, <laughs> insomnia. Yes, CBDL has helped a lot of people who suffer from, from insomnia because it's, it has this sort of relaxing feeling where you kind of like, you're not kind of like stressed out because a lot of people who suffer from insomnia are stressed out over the fact that they can't sleep in themselves, right? So they lay down and think, I have to sleep, I have to sleep, I have to focus, I have to sleep, which of course causes you not to sleep because you're so stressed. But CBD oil in a lot of cases takes away that, that stress momentum. It just soothes you and relaxes you. So that's one way where CBD oil helps with, uh, with insomnia.
But of course, it varies from person to person. And this probably varies person to person too, but how long does do the effects of CBD last from one intake? So that, uh, that of course, depends on the, the intake itself. It depends on the dose. It depends on what you've eaten that day. It depends on what kind of beverages and, and foods that you have that day. It depends on a lot of different factors. But, you know, in general, what I've seen is that it uh, lasts for at least 12 hours. That is a, a, a normal dose or, a, like, like I said, a, a teaspoon or a couple of teaspoons. Excuse me, tablespoons. Wow. Oh. So, so um, I just would like to point out that there is, our, like I said, there are a lot of different factors that come into play, and and just on the record, saying that saying that CBDL a CBDL dose lasts for I don't know twelve hours or fourteen hours or twenty four hours. It's um, it's really impossible to put it straight because there are so many factors that come into play. But having said that, though, 12 to 14 hours is what I've seen and what I've heard about the most. It's a lot more than I was expecting. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty good, actually, for something that with some yeah. benefits. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, you know, you have to keep in mind one thing, though. There might be. <laughs> There might be the so-called placebo effect as well. I mean, this right. is only observations. So maybe, may, maybe that person who's taken CBDL just feels like he's asleep, but the effects of the CBDL really have, you know, vaporized or vanished. We don't really know that for sure. This is just observations. But like I said, having said that, though, twelve to fourteen hours is what I've seen the most. So um, yeah, it definitely helps. If you, I mean, it definitely can help if you, um, if you, if you're just willing to give it a try and, you know, you should try it out more than a couple, you know, one night, if it doesn't help after one night, then you should tr definitely try another and another. I mean, you got to give it some time. This is, this is the, also the, re the, um, you know, this is also how regular medication works. You have to give it time. CBDL doesn't like magically change things overnight you have to apply time and you have to apply patience is there uh if you take it uh at a certain frequency is there a tolerance that you build up i don't really i can't answer that for sure other okay. than what i've seen and what i've seen is that yes there is a tolerance but that tolerance is is um it's not so much how, what your body can you know handle it's more it's more how much cbdl do i have to take and how much does it really have, uh, help me i mean let's say that i take two let's say that i have a joint inflammation in my shoulder and i take two two tablespoons of cbdl every day and the joint inflammation goes away and then I want to increase it or it doesn't totally go away, but the pain gets manageable. You know, I, I just feel a slight discomfort in it. But then I take like I increase my dose, I double my dose up till four tablespoons a day and nothing, you know, things don't change. I mean, the pain is still there. It's, it's still manageable. It's still just a slight discomfort, but it doesn't totally vanish. That's when I'm going back to two tablespoons a day because not because my body can't handle it, but because 
there's no gain in exchange for taking so much CBDL if you if you understand what I mean. Yeah. Does it help with um, like athletes when they recover from uh, injuries or when they're after like workouts and they have that sort of pain? Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I've um, you know Mike Tyson, the former heavyweight champion. Yes. He's actually got his own CBDL brand. I, w- I wasn't aware of that until uh, very recently, actually. So um, I haven't seen him on the record claim that, he, <laughs> that it helps for boxers. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure that he knows a thing about t- or two about boxing, right? And I'm pretty certain that he knows all the kind of different pains and uh, issues that a lot of boxers and, uh, mixed, and you know, martial arts athletes have to go through. So I definitely believe that um, that it helps boxers. I've also seen, I forget her name, but there was uh, there was a uh, female U.S. soccer player. I, I I can't exactly remember her name, but she played for the U.S. national soccer team, and she released her own CBDL brand together with her sister, I think, or a friend or something like that. And she claimed that that's that CBDL, you know, helped her get get through a lot of pain, a lot of injuries, a lot of tough days and so on. So yeah, I definitely say that it helps athletes and people who are into sports. Hmm. What uh, method would you recommend people use? Just straight up oil or do you think gummies would have their own benefits? No, I would recommend oil. And the reason for that is because I'm, I'm 100% biased, of course. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've specialized in oil. I've specialized more in the medical treatment, more in the medical area. So I, I'm, I'm a CBD oil person. <laughs> I won't lie. I mean, I'm sure that CBD oil in or CBD gummies, CBD vaping, CBD sodas help. But in my opinion, oil has has had the greatest impact what I've seen. But like I said, I'm biased and I've and I'm specialized in uh, in more of the medical treatment, especially amongst people who suffer from fibromyalgia and neuropathy and other kind of diseases and illnesses with a lot of joint pain and inflammation and so on. Mm-hmm. Also, is there any sort of um, opposition you've seen to CBD itself? Yeah, I've seen that. This is actually quite funny because I'm I'm by profession I'm um, I'm an engineer. I'm uh, I'm educated from a university, so I have a degree in uh, in engineering in civil engineering. So I have an, I have a scientific background, and the opposition I see against CBDL is from the so-called skeptic community, the people who um, who claim that they need evidence, they need proof. They need documentation, they need this and they need that and so on. And um, the majority of the opposition is that, oh, you don't have enough evidence to make claims that CBDL can help other people. And part of it is true, but that's only true because CBDL is, um, has been legalized recently and there hasn't been enough studies conducted yet. But there are tens of thousands of testimonials and I don't believe that I don't believe that people would sit there and cook up and forge, you know, fake testimonials just to help the CBD oil industry. Right. I mean, why would you help another brand sell more of the product? I mean, let, let's be real here. 
So that, that, that is the opposition. That is the, um, that is sort of like the other team, so to speak, that I'm uh, kind of like battling against the skeptic community, the traditional, the conventional medical community, of course, because they see that more and more people are choosing CBD all over their traditional prescription and over the counter drugs. And um, yeah, that's sort of like the other guys that we're yeah. battling against. So the uh, conspiratorial minded would probably say that the uh, companies like pharmaceuticals have a vested interest in opposing CBD and cannabis for their benefits and the re and people replacing pharmaceutical medications with uh, alternative sources. Yeah, yeah, that that is very true. And, you know, I think there is some truth to that, definitely, because let's say that you, I don't know, let's say that you're a big medical company, you're a big pharmaceutical company, and you sell a drug, let's just call that drug, let's just call it A, A as in the letter A. So you sell this drug A, and all of a sudden CBDL comes and takes over the market. Of course you're going to oppose and kind of like fight the other guy, because he's stealing territory from you, he's stealing money from you, so, right. <laughs> of course. And um, yeah, and, and by the way, this is um, this is also another reason why I think CBD all I, I think eventually legalized in Norway and in a lot of the other Nordic, Nordic countries as well. But unfortunately, there's a lot of I'm sure you've heard about the anti 5G movement yes. by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of these people are in Norway too, and a lot of these people claim that they use CBD all instead of conventional medicine to treat, you know, more serious diseases like, for example, cancer. So they actually go out there and say, no, don't use chemotherapy. Don't listen to your doctor. If you have cancer, use CBDL, which is, you know, a terrible advice. Of course, you shouldn't do that. Right. I mean, if you have cancer, you, you need to go to the hospital and get chemotherapy and, you know, whatever kind of drugs they're issuing you. I mean, let's be real here. Because I... I I don't think, or I know, because I haven't seen it yet, I know that CBDL can't cure cancer in itself, but it might help you relieve yourself of some of the pains that you're associating with cancer. It's that sort of middle ground where you, you know, you have to, you have to stake out. But unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of these conspiracy lunatics, they... <laughs> yeah. They they they, uh, they want to battle sort of the institution. They want to battle the um, the establishment, and they claim you know ridiculous things like CBDL can cure cancer and so on, which which of course it can't. Right. This is the first I've heard uh, CBD oil as being part of this whole mess, um, and it's just like makes me think of all the different sort of pseudo-scientific claims that people are trying to make to sort of bolster up this stuff and uh, bring a bad name to it. Yeah. Um, it's very unhelpful and unproductive. Yeah, it is. And, you know, especially from the, uh, the scientific community as well. Because here's the thing, though. I used to be one of these skeptics myself. And, um, you know, admittedly, I am a skeptic myself to this very day. But that is, but also I've realized that what about challenging your skepticism? And what about, you know, daring to look a little outside your, you know, look a little past your nose tip? I mean, nothing is just black and white here. 
you can test and you can see if something works. And, be, and just because it hasn't been, you know, officially accepted by the scientific community, that doesn't mean it doesn't work. I mean, you have to, you, you know, you have to make progress. And that is where science is rooted. It's rooted in, in progress. But nowadays, and nowadays, unfortunately, we see it taking one step backwards in so many ways. It's just, I, I personally don't like that, which is why I've sort of like, I don't know, joined the CBD movement whatever you want to call it i think like like you said it's been legal for such a short amount of time now that there isn't a lot of like really scientific rigor associated with it and it is so important to get those tests done which obviously they take a long time and it's hard to get um sort of through the pipeline but i think it'll just have to be something that gets better with time that would just leave to uh improve and we, there's not much we can really do about the lack of evidence right now but i think that the testimonials and the sort of grassroots support behind it is what is going to make is what it's what is making it so popular just word of mouth um things like that yeah yeah definitely you know and that is why um that is why i think that we have a bright future in, ahead of us we just need more time we just need more testing and we just need more willingness but you know you know like with everything you know, uh, the scientific investment, scientific research is depending upon funds, upon government funds, which in, in turn is based upon politics and so on. So it's all rooted in politics. It's all rooted in, in emotion. And uh, we can only, you know, keep on fighting, keep on convincing the politicians, keep them, give, keep convincing them to give us money to carry out this the adequate sufficient uh, excuse me scientific research that's required right have you have you heard at all about um like the johns hopkins studies with uh psilocybin mushrooms as well to, uh, for and i think they also have mdma ecstasy studies coming out very promising showing potentially curing things like ptsd no, I have not. I've heard about the study, but I, I didn't know they, that they carried out on, on mushrooms. That's, that's yeah. very interesting. Again, yeah, it's, no, it's yeah. a very field because it's, it's all so, it's, a very, it's very illegal in the United States, especially. Um, right, yeah. So it's hard to get permits and all these to actually test. But when they do, they found very profound results. Um, and very strict guidelines for the, the tests and the subjects they have but it's been it's been interesting i highly recommend uh it's johns hopkins has been uh the at the front of this mm -hmm. but i i know that truffles are legal in uh the netherlands but i i don't really hear any sort of medical research on them which is kind of strange yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right about that. You know, a lot of stuff is legal in the in the Netherlands. Yeah, <laughs> which is why which is why a lot of Norwegians go there to test out different stuff, especially you know, including CBD oil. And I'm sure that they go there to, to test those out these truffles as well. But like you said, there there uh, there haven't been there hasn't been a lot of scientific research carried out. I can't speak for uh, for mushrooms because I'm not personally I haven't invested so much time into the usage of mushrooms. But right. I assume that it's again rooted in politics, unfortunately, 
because the big pharmaceutical companies, they have really t t um, close ties with the government and um, they, you know, they're, they're, they lobby their case and they have a much better positioning instead of the, you know, the mushroom community or whatever you want to call it. So I think it boils down to a lack of, of money, a lack of funds and a lack of support, really, because of the because of the the poor positioning and just the little size, the small size of the community compared to to the big pharmaceutical companies. Right. Now, what I know you work in CBD oil and that sort of world. How much does that intersect with the, the cannabis industry? So um, it does intersect a lot. I mean, you know, it's derived from the same plant. I mean, sure. let's be real here. But um, it's it's developed into it's developed into sort of its own thing. I mean, like I said, I focus more on the medical aspect of it. I, I'm not so much into vaping and you know smoke uh, smoke hemp to be cool and all of that stuff. That's that's <laughs> really not my thing. What I what I do is I interact mostly with all of these hemp farms that produce legal cannabis that have them lab tested and so on. And so it, it's I don't really see much of the cannabis industry as a whole. So I really can't speak much about it other than saying that uh, there's a lot of shady stuff going on for sure. And I definitely think it needs to be regulated. And I definitely think that the what was it, the 2018 state farm bill? It, it really helped clean up a lot of things and it really helped kind of like put cannabis or CBD on the agenda as a very important means of, of cure, as a very important medical means. But like I said, I, I deal mostly with the quote-unquote clean side of, of the whole cannabis industry. Okay. So it's sort of like um, not existing independently, but it has its own sort of thing going on. Yeah, it's um, it's. I don't know how to really say how to word it, but it's sort of like its own community. It's sort of like its own sub community within the whole cannabis industry. I mean, the cannabis industry as a whole is. It's not a very. It's a very loosely defined term because, like you pointed out yourself, it's still very new, and we're still in that in that time where. This is this is just what I've heard from my uh, you know from my contacts over in the in the United States. But if you if you walk outside with a strain of CBD of CBD compared to marijuana, then unless you are very skilled and very trained, you just can't st spot the difference. And so what that means is that a lot of cops, a lot of of uh, the police officers have started arresting people for for you know drug possession because they think they're they're about to smoke weed but they're not they're they're about to you know smoke hemp which is legal right. and so it's a very it's a very evolving it's a very expanding industry and there's a lot of loose threads at the moment and so i, I don't think it's fair to to call the to to call the cannabis industry a community it's more it's more fair to label it sort of a a movement, a movement that's that that's unfolding, that's progressing, and where a lot of where a lot of things haven't kind of like been sorted out yet. So um, I, I'm sort of in one corner of the movement, and the 
I don't know, the vaping guys, whatever you want to call them, they're in a different corner and <laughs> I'm sure you can make up the rest. And you, then you have the, the, obviously the illegal side with the, with the, uh, with the we whole weed industry and so on. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's still a, a lot of work to be done, but if you ask me personally, I'm optimistic. I believe that, uh, we're really on to something. Yeah. So I was on vacation in Florida, I think last year, or the year before, and yeah. in one of the like merch shops, they have, they had like glass, uh, bongs and pipes and they had shirts everywhere. And then in one little jar, they had this thing that looked like cannabis or like right. marijuana, but they told me yeah. it was CBD flower. Is that what it was or was it just hemp? I think it was, it, it could have been both really, uh, because <laughs> again, you have to be very skilled. You have to, yeah, I, I personally can't spot the difference. There are very few people who can, and you know, really you have to test it to, to mm -hmm. see, you know, you have to test it for, for THC levels and so on. But if the owner claimed that it was, what did the owner say it was? Did he say it was hemp or did he say it was CBD? Uh, they said CBD flower was the, the right. Term. Yeah. Now, yeah. Well, then it obviously was CBD. Now, yeah. again, with regards to the terminology, there are a lot of floating expressions. Some say hemp, some say CBD. What I've learned is that marijuana, that's sort of the illegal version. Right. That's, uh, yeah, that's derived from the cannabis plant with values, with THC values above 0.3, I think it is, 0.3% of THC. And the other version is sort of like hemp or CBD, whereas CBD is more like the medical variant. But that's, that's like, um, that's what I have learned. Maybe you have learned something else. I mean, it just goes to show you that the terminology is a bit diffuse. Yeah. Words are interchangeable and... Uh, <laughs> It's still a very loosely defined term, the whole cannabis industry. And so we just need to give it more time and we just need to give it more time to unfold and to progress and to kind of like see where, where things are going. Yeah. So you said that you were against or not, maybe not against, that so you were just sort of like opposed uh, in whatever fashion to uh, vaping and smoking. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not opposed personally. I, I just haven't you know chosen to to invest any t any time in it. But uh, you know, uh, I, I'll admit on the record I haven't smoked uh, hemp at all. I haven't smoked weed obviously either. So it, it's a world that's totally unknown to me. When I say opposed, I didn't mean like personally opposed. I meant uh, I hadn't invested any considerable time investigating or researching what it was but i'm sure it's it's great for some for the for those who use it okay right i was just going to ask about the if the effects or if they had any differences to uh ingesting oil but i guess you didn't you had you don't really know about the no i don't really know i mean i, I i've you know obviously i fo i follow the industry so uh, you know i see more of the uh, I see what they're doing, but it, it, it would appear to me that the majority of people, at least from what I've seen, uh, most of them actually struggle with anxiety and depression issues and so on, more, more kind of like the mental, the psychological issues. Okay. And so hemp really 
you know, vaping and smoking hemp and so on really helps them, them relax without, you know, without breaking the law, without smoking weed. And it supposedly doesn't make them addictive as, um, as you know, weed can do. So, but, but that, that's really not my area of expertise. I don't really know. So uh, I, I guess what works for them works for them. <laughs> that's pretty much everything I can say on that issue. The, but the oil does help with a mental sort of? It does. It does. Again, like I said, I haven't personally focused on that area of oil, but, but I, I follow it. A lot of people claim that they've, um, that they've eased their depression issues by using CBD oil and uh, as well as their anxiety. And um, I think it's also worth mentioning that a lot of these people who, who have suffered from anxiety and, and depression and so on, a lot of them, when they, when they first start taking CBD oil, they also change other aspects of their lives. Like they're changing their lifestyle Maybe they're quitting their job. Maybe they're uh, changing their diet. Maybe they start a new workout regimen. Maybe they even move somewhere else or move out from their family or spouses and so on. What I'm trying to say is a lot of people from what I've seen who take CBDO for their depression and anxiety issues, they do more than just take the, the oil. They actually make other significant changes to their lives. So the oil in, a, in and of itself, from what I've seen, is that it has this kind of a calming effect, sort of like the same effect uh, that it has on, on people who have insomnia. But also, I think that the, the very notion, the very idea that they're actually making these changes to their lives really helps them. So I, I'm kind of like regarding the CBD all in that way as sort of a booster or an accelerator, if you know what I mean. Right. And I think it's really important to not hinge all of your uh, potential on a substance and really use it as a, a diving board, a sort of like something. Yes. To push. Yes. Push. Yes. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you're depressed and you take CBD oil and you continue sitting in front of your your television, watching Netflix and feasting on Cheetos and you're living in your, in your mom's basement and you're 40 years old and you're a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> no, not much is going to change, is it? I mean, you have to, like you said, you, you can't rely solely on one substance. You have to do put in the work yourself. Right. I think, um, and I also hope that uh, a lot of scientific research can can prove that point. That CBDL indeed has many, you know, properties. It will help you for a lot, but it doesn't help you exclusively alone. That being said, there are stories of people who, you know magically have have uh, have had their pain issues gone away in seconds or so they claim after taking CBD oil. But in most cases, you have to put in an effort yourself. And uh, that is where also I've seen a lot of shady marketing. Like people go, oh, if you have cancer, then take CBD oil. If you have coronavirus, take CBD oil. If you have joint inflammation, take CBD oil. I mean, <laughs> let's be real here. You have to do some of the work yourself. Have there been any strange quirks or anything like negative that you've seen out of CBD oil? No, not really. I mean, um, I haven't seen anything related to side effects. I haven't seen anything related to to uh, to addiction. 
I haven't seen anything. The, <laughs> the only negative thing that I've seen is that the taste is horrible, which oh. I can, can, <laughs> can verify. <laughs> it does not taste good. So a lot of people wash it down with, I don't know, orange juice or a soda or cranberry juice, whatever. But aside from that, no, I haven't seen any negative stuff other than other than the taste. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, man. Yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? I mean, um, yeah, the, no, no blurry vision, no headache, no stomachache, you know, no nothing, no vomiting, no this, no, no that. But uh, like I said, you have to do more research. What I what I am saying here is what I've seen. I'm basing my um, my views exclusively from uh, from testimonials, from reviews, from people's personal stories, and so on. Right. So I definitely think that there needs to be more research carried out. But no, um, there doesn't appear to be any you know severe side effects or disadvantages by using CBD oil. And because it doesn't get you high, you're able to function normally, right? And drive and do everything you have to do. Exactly, exactly. You know, compare that to alcohol, for example. You know, at one point I worked in construction, and I don't know how things are over, there, over in the U.S., but I assume that there's somewhat, you know, you have a typical blue-collar environment where it's common to drink a lot, especially on Sunday, Saturdays and so on, go out for the weekend and go to the bar and so on. And a lot of these people would drink, you know, to, to ease or to relieve their pain. Maybe they, they work... You know, they, they drop a concrete block on their foot and they, they would drink to, to relieve their pain. And, you know, and then they had to drive home drunk. Yeah. I mean, compare that to taking CBD oil. You don't get high from CBD oil. I think, like, in a society where all you have basically is alcohol, like, that's what people use. And it's just so, I think, like, now that we have these options springing up, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. I'm really optimistic about the future. Yeah, me too. I mean, if anything, it might cut down the drug abuse, the alcohol abuse. Yeah. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of people smoke weed because they think it's cool and so on. Even if it just helps people, you know, off the weed and that they start smoking hemp, that, that would have been a small victory. But um, and also all of those poor people who suffer from fibromyalgia and um, and various other chronic pain issues. I mean, some of them have suffered from from um, from fibromyalgia and other and have had pains for more than twenty years. Actually, there was one person who had pains for thirty years. Would you imagine that? It's just yeah. mind blowing. It's just. This is making me want to try out CBD in sort of like all its forms and just see the benefits of it for myself and have my sort of like testimonial, I think. Uh, yeah. Like there's no reason why I haven't. Just it, I never like thought anything of it. <laughs> but I think now, I don't know. It'll be interesting to try at least, especially because yeah. of adverse side effects. Yeah, yeah. You You should definitely do that. I mean, there's no reason... There's no reason not to do it. I right. mean, if, you, if you're a normally healthy person and you don't have any, you know, any, any pain issues, you don't, have, you don't suffer from any depression, if there's nothing wrong with you, even then, I, I personally haven't seen cases of people who are damaging themselves. Because 
a lot of times if you take drugs, if you take conventional drugs and you're, you're healthy, that may lead to serious side effects, right? But that's, I haven't seen that case with CBD oil. So um, what I've seen is that you can take CBD oil and be perfectly healthy and still don't suffer from any side effects. Right. For, for someone who doesn't, like you said, doesn't have any pain, doesn't have any uh, problems that they need to actually help, what would you uh, sort of say uh, is a result of CBD that is sort of attractive to someone like that? So I, I'd say this. Obviously, you know, I can't lie. I can't trick you into or con you into buying. I right. can just say this. There will come a time in your life where you will suffer pain one way or the other. Like I said, I had that sedentary job where I sat in front of the office, excuse me, the computer all day long. And I had this shooting pain down, down my neck. If I'd had CBD oil at that time, I would have taken it in an instant. And there will come a time in your life where you will need some sort of pain relief, some sort of painkiller. I guarantee you, unless you spend your whole life sleeping inside your bedroom, you know, it's just bound to happen. Right. So if you, if you don't need it now, I can assure you, you will need it sometime in the future. That I can 100% guarantee you, absolutely. That's great advice. Um, so what would you say to someone who is sort of wary to CBD? Because either they're... Um, they don't like the whole idea of cannabis or just someone who doesn't know anything about CBD, what would you say? Yeah. Um, I'll just say that I totally understand you because CBD oil uh, is associated with cannabis and it's associated with weed, but cannabis oil is actually safe. It is healthy. It, you won't get high from it. You won't get addicted. It won't damage your body. It will only help your body. I think that's a pretty good note to end on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, CBD is just, well, I, I definitely want to look more into it. It's uh, Yes, you so, definitely should. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to, for people I know who are in pain, um, for wh whatever reason, I think it would be a, a great addition to their to their lives. Yeah, it definitely will. And you guys are so lucky there over, over there in the United States. You can just purchase CBD oil. I mean... Right. We have to go abroad to a different country. <laughs> and even then, we have to smuggle it in, into our own country to, uh, to actually use it, unless we get a special permit. Right. It's just ridiculous. So Do you guys have medical? You guys are lucky. Excuse me? Do you guys have medical, any sort of medical marijuana, medical CBD options there? No, we don't. I mean, that's what you need, uh, that's what you need the special permit for, because you can't legally buy medical cannabis in Norway in and of itself. You need to go abroad. But in order to bring back home that medical cannabis, you actually, you need that special permit or, uh, you know, customs are gonna confiscate the stuff and they're, they're gonna charge you with, with smuggling, with drug smuggling. Right. You want <laughs> so, that. No, it's pretty insane. Yeah. That's a pretty serious charge, too. And to have yeah, it is. someone who's just trying to fix their pain have, be faced with that is just horrible. Yeah, and they're being accused of, of you know, drug smuggling. Yeah. It's, it's just mind-blowing. All right, so, Asmund, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and um, good luck with your, uh, with your show in the future.
All right. Thank you so much. And good luck to you and your CBD oil endeavors. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Good talking to you. Yeah, you too. Hello. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find me at Patrick Screen Tea on Patreon, Discord, Spotify, YouTube, Twitch, and Bandcamp. Patrick Screen Tea Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Instagram. At Patrick Green Tea without an S on Twitter. Supplemental materials like photos and text are available on our website, patrickscreentea.com. You can join our subreddit at r slash patrickscreentea. You can make comments on YouTube and on the website. And you can contact me directly at patrickscreentea at gmail.com. Thank you so much and have a lovely day.